From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. The Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, atmospheric science graduate and Skywarn storm spotter Brady Harris, digital meteorologist and weather producer on the Weather Channel app Dina Knightley, former on-camera meteorologist at the Weather Channel Kim Cunningham, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network coordinator Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, Skywarn storm spotter and chaser Phil Johnson. Hey, welcome everybody to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. This is the Stormfront Freaks podcast. It's brought to you by Extreme Tornado Tours. They're the world's most popular storm chase tour company, and they're the exclusive chase tour of the Stormfront Freaks. you got to realize the 2020 schedule is online right now, so don't make the mistake of waiting to schedule your chasecation for next year. Visit Extreme Tornado Tours. Dot com for details. If you happen to be listening for the first time, thanks for stopping by. Uh, you got to go to stormfrontfreaks.com so you can access our library of all of our previous shows of famous guests from the weather industry like Reed Stowe, designer of the storm chasing video game Storm Quest. Uh, we've also had Roto Grinders, fantasy sports meteorologist Kevin Roth on the show. But this is episode 78. We're excited to be joined tonight by John Moss and John Haverfield of the new fantasy forecasting game, Weather Battle. Uh, We'll also be playing our lightning round game show with the two of them. And don't miss our exclusive tornado talk and tracker chat segments. As well, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, our fan favorite, Weather Fools and Weather Trollbot 5000 uh, tonight. So it's going to be a big show, but before we get to all of that, let's go ahead and introduce the team. It's always happy hour when we record. Uh, here at the Stormfront Freaks Bar. So I hope you are joining us uh, there at home. But we're going to start with MJ, who just rushed in and got in tonight. Uh, are you drinking anything? Did you have time to get anything to drink? Of course I ran up and did that before I came <laughs> in here. It's, it's, what are you man. kidding me? Priority. Um, and, and we've got a, a, one of my favorites, the Captain and Coke, in my Star Wars glass. Oh, nice. A lot of Captain and a lot of Coke. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's call it that. <laughs> Who knows? All right, Maz. Maz, what are you drinking? Well, I don't have like 64 ounces like MJ does, <laughs> but uh, I can't. Hey, Easter's over. And so I had uh, now I'm going right to the Guinness Extra Stout. Yes. Oh, yeah, wow. Easter. And I haven't turned the air conditioning on in here, so I'm actually starting to sweat with this. <laughs> it's all the it's bright TV lights. Is that what Getting it is? Warm. Yeah. It warm. All right, Kim. What are you drinking this evening? I'm back to beer, you guys. Good for you. All right, Kim. So, Where'd you go? Um, Where'd you um, been my whole life? I know. Where have I been your whole life? Yeah, you've, uh-huh. you've been this wine lady. I know. I who is this person? I don't know, but it didn't feel right, you know, no, so but... I had to go back. You know, when it starts to get warm again, I'm like, okay, got to bring the beer out. So I'm back to Bell's Two-Hearted Ale. It's what I had in the refrigerator, so that's what I'm drinking. Um. Anyway, yeah, so enjoy gotta it. Got to restock. Got to restock. It is. All right, Dina. Mm-hmm. Dina, what are you drinking this evening? See, I'm not fancy like you guys. I just have a Michelob Ultra. <laughs> I'm like the most boring <laughs> beer drinker ever. <laughs> you know? Dina, we got to get you out of craft she, beers. She always talks about IPs and stuff. I'm like, I don't know what they are. <laughs> Whatever works. Whatever works. Whatever. Hey, let's hit our guests. We always have our uh, green room fully stocked, our, our digital green room. Uh, so let's find out. John Moss, what, what are you drinking this evening? We're drinking the same thing. It is a oh, double IPA oh, from American Solera here in Tulsa, as my dog likes to say he's drinking water too so. <laughs> he's mad he is mad <laughs> see that? they're ipa drinkers i love it 
All right, Kim, let's go ahead and introduce our guests. Oh, I would love to. Well, tonight we have special guest John Moss, who is an executive VP of business relations for Weather Battle, which is a fantasy forecasting game. Now, John is a former TV sportscaster and most recently sports director at the ABC affiliate in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and currently freelances in communications and video production. And we also have John Haverfield, who is the VP of Sales and a meteorologist at Weather Battle. John has been chasing storms across Oklahoma since he was 16, witnessing over, this is incredible, 50 tornadoes. John has been a TV meteorologist. It is very impressive. Uh, For seven years in Waco, Texas, and most recently at KJRH in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Guys, it's so exciting to have you here. Um, One of you or both of you, doesn't matter. Why don't you guys give us your 30-second shark tank pitch gotcha. about weather battle? I can start with that yeah. one. You can chime in. He's a shark tank guy. I am a shark tank guy. So basically <laughs> what we did, uh, my partner and I that started it, we were big fantasy football players, daily fantasy, DraftKings, FanDuel, that kind of thing. Uh, he's a meteorologist as well. He was really depressed when the football season was over, didn't know what to do, didn't know where to go lose his money. And so I said, why don't we come up with something new? You're a weather guy. Why can't we incorporate the weather uh, into what you like to play? And so, you know, two years later, uh, it has morphed into what it is now, which is basically the weather version of DraftKings and FanDuel's. You draft your cities instead of players. You have a salary cap. Each city has a certain point value associated with it, which has to do with historical data as well as forecasted highs or lows, depending on which game you're playing. Uh, You enter and you potentially win money if you think you can predict the weather. And we, we kind of got tired of, of viewers calling in and, and Facebooking us too, <laughs> saying, I think I could have got that forecast a little better than you. And so we said, well, why don't we, why don't you put some money on it and uh, we can, we can make a game out of it and kind of went from there. And, and we got a lot of people who, who like to do forecasting and like to challenge other meteorologists too already playing the game. Yeah. So, so guys, I've seen your website and there's different battles on there. So how do you like, what, what does it cost to like, start to participate uh there as of right now there are free games uh where you can win money as well so we're basically giving away money to to get people hey. used to, yeah right so come on in now. Now. now we're talking hey i've, I've so, played two and i've won three and a half bucks so far nice. oh, so you have one That's yeah all. yeah um so really right now there's heat cold precipitation and wind um there's 50 50 battles where you can challenge someone kind of heads up uh, other than the free ones, it starts at $5 and then the, the pots kind of go up from there as the entry fee goes up the pot, obviously oh. uh, get higher as well. I got an idea for you. What's that? I got an I- well, back at Nebraska, we used to do a contest like that and nobody won any money. I'm like, Oh, you start talking to some colleges, especially like the AMS chapters. Yeah. And if the, you tell them they could win money. Hello. <laughs> That's beer money. Yeah. Right. That's so beer money. you looking for a marketing job? <laughs> nah, I got one. Thanks. Appreciate it. Just here to help you out, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. That's so awesome. I actually signed up. I haven't played yet, but um, I'm Dorothy on there. So, okay. oh, but I have to use the name. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm taking you down, Dorothy. You're are, down. Who are you? Oh, who are you? I'm. What's I'm your... not original at all. I think it's Phil SFF podcast or something. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm. I'm trying to market our podcast yeah. a little bit. So good yeah. Good marketing. Yeah. It is good marketing. Yeah. So, so guys, it, oh, sorry. Um, you get points like 
for cities because I've never played fantasy football. I'm one of those weird people who didn't, but I'm kind of, I, I was watch, looking at the games. It looks fun. Like you get to pick so many cities and points. Like it, I'd like the win one because if there's a derecho or something and you pick like Chicago and then Indy and then Cincinnati, maybe you'll <laughs> clean up right. something like that. But like your points, how do they work? It's different for each one. Yeah. So I'll jump and you can jump in yeah. on the meteor meteorological is that right, the right? Yeah, uh, side in a second. So basically the points are if you're playing a heat battle, for example, the high temperature uh, during the, the time of the battle is the points you get for that city. So whatever the recorded high is uh, during the battle time is the points you get for the city. And so those are the points that accumulate uh, in the heat battle. It would be the most points, like the highest point value wins. Cold battle would be the opposite. It would be you would want to get the least amount of points because uh, it adds together the same way. Yeah, and you everyone picks ten cities, and the the point value per city is based on the normal high. For instance, on a heat battle, will be the normal high and the forecasted high. So we have an algorithm that determines the points for each city. So obviously, in a heat battle, uh, Phoenix, Arizona is going to be worth a lot. So you may not be able to pick that one, and, and also get the rest of your nine cities. So you'll have to pick kind of sleeper cities that generally aren't as warm, but may have an unusually warm day. And that's where kind of the forecasting comes in. Yep. Um, and so like, you know, Fargo, North Dakota wouldn't, wouldn't be like a big point uh, uh, a factor for that city. Uh, so it's kind of the way it's scaled. Yeah. And that's also what makes it a game of skill is, is how it's categorized because there is some skill involved. You can't just pick the 10 cities that are forecasted to be the hottest because of the point, uh, the salary cap, if you will. Yeah. Wait, what's wrong with Fargo? What's weird? <laughs> great show, great movie. Yeah. Nothing wrong with Fargo. I got a chipper shredder with your name on it, man. <laughs> so, so Haverfield, how how do you pick the cities that you can pick from? How are those chosen? So, so those are kind of chosen uh, randomly, and we kind of pick some of the bigger metros. Um, so we, we've got kind of a database of, of some of the, the more dependable METARs across the country, and we kind of just go from there. So there's not there's not one place that we pick other than another city. Um, we just kind of get the big metropolises and, and some of the medium-sized cities, too. It is an automated process as well. So we, don't, we can go in and manually pick if we wanted to set up a game uh, with certain cities, but... Yeah. You know, 99% of the time, it's an auto-populated 40 cities that yeah. gets picked out of the... It's 40. Park. So you have to pick 10 of the 40, and the 40 is randomly chosen. Yeah. Some of the games, if it's a heads-up game, it's five cities that you have to pick, I believe. Uh, but regardless of the number, it is out of that big pot that it's randomly chosen. And we also have rapid battles where there are only three-hour battles, and we can uh, base those off of time zones. So we'll do like an East Coast battle, a Central battle, a West Coast battle, and those will only be those cities. I, I was wondering about the time frames. Yeah. You said there's a three-hour one. Is it like a 24-hour one if you're doing temps or something? Yeah, so that's the the main, what, like the idea, like the main battles where you'll see the biggest pots as of right now. Mm -hmm. Those are full-day battles. So if you enter today, it would be for tomorrow. And, you know, the, the time frame would be tomorrow. I think it's 10 to 10 or 10 to 11, something like that. Yeah. Um, and then those rapid battles, though, they're three-hour battles that are set for the same time but in different time zones. And you guys, you know, you say that you can, um, you pick the cities, but you have to stay within the budget. Now tell right. me about the budget. What is, what is that? 
So we had this algorithm, a uh, guy at MIT helped us make this algorithm to assign the point values to the cities. And so we had to come up with a kind of a salary cap or, or a budget, uh, kind of the cap to that so that it became a game of skill so that you couldn't just say in a heat battle, take Phoenix and Death Valley and El Paso and you know, all the cities that you know are gonna be really, really hot. So to make it a game of skill, to add that skill factor, do your research, try to pick a sleeper city, whatever, we set the salary cap at a level. It's usually 40,000 uh, points or dollars, whichever helps it compute in your mind, uh, regardless of the game you play. And that way you can only afford maybe one or two of those top tier cities in each battle. And it's it's kind of set up similarly to other daily fantasy games like DraftKings or FanDuel. They, they each have salary caps like we do, and you pick your players for those, like say, for instance, football. And it kind of works the same way. So uh, like a, a really good player like Tom Brady would be worth a lot, um, yeah. like yeah. Phoenix would be worth a lot in our heat battle. So it's, it's similar kind of format that I think would be very understandable for folks that are kind of making the transition or do a lot of, you know, daily fantasy sports. But not Fargo. I don't get that. <laughs> <laughs> Fargo is your sleeper. You just, I wonder if you get bonus points for Tulsa since you guys are in Tulsa. Right, yeah. It's, <laughs> I like to see Tulsa in the battles, but it is randomly populated. So sometimes we'll get Oklahoma City or sometimes we'll get no cities from Oklahoma. Right. It's a bummer. I like oh. to see there. Yeah. Have you okay, ever had so a city I throw a game? A you know, not yet. I'm waiting for like city management to actually do that. Um, Hasn't hasn't happened. <laughs> so here's the point. Here's a money question. Obviously, you guys see some kind of financial success or a path to that through this, mm -hmm. uh, or you wouldn't be doing it. But you know, here's the thing. So we've been doing a weather podcast for three years, and when we started this thing, we knew it was a very niche. Mar I mean, mm -hmm. high niche market, and that it wasn't. You know, we're not going to get a million viewers and downloads and and it's just it's too niche it's too of a, a small subset so it's like four drunk people and a couple of moms yeah <laughs> that's, about, that's about exactly right times yeah so so that's my question to you guys is trying to make it you know profitable how do you see something so niche being um financially worthwhile I'll tackle it first. Um, there's a couple avenues I want to go down. Number one, I think we all know people like to gamble on pretty much anything these days. Uh, I'd take that bet. I would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, gambling, uh, gambling is a part of everyday life for a lot of people, and we've provided something that has no off-season. Um, I mean, ah, that's a good point. 300, 365 days a year. Um, you, can, you, you don't have to be a sports fan. And so that's the thing, like you lose a lot of people that like to gamble that go to Vegas and play craps or blackjack or whatever, but they might not be sports fans, uh, especially, I mean, I know a lot of people that that applies to, yeah. so they don't do the daily fantasy stuff. Well, now, like, you know, eventually we hope to provide weather information in addition to allowing people to play the game. So it would be kind of an all one-stop shop, if you will, for yeah. getting to play the game, potential to win money, scratch the gambling itch, and it, it's something you could play every single day of the year and you don't have to worry about kind of the seasons that come along with the sports. Right. That's right. And you, eventually, you know, we kind of envision it becoming somewhat of a forecast app too for people whenever they get on their phones. That's, you know, a big reason why people are checking their phones to look at the weather so they could go to our app and look at the weather and be like, you know, it's going to be 75 today. Well, do you want to 
you know, maybe put some money down and, and enter a heat battle and say that it will be 75 and, and kind of get your weather information and also possibly uh, win some money. Yeah. Do you guys ever see um, expanding the battles like with severe weather or um, hurricanes, um, snowfall totals, that kind of rain total, stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. The, the sticky part for me and my partner and I, when we founded it, we had this conversation because, I mean, we're in Tornado Alley, obviously, right. Mr. 50 Tornadoes over here. <laughs> um, it, you have to be careful that you don't try to monetize, like, people's livelihood yeah, and, and stuff like that. So there's, there is a way to do it. We're just trying to figure out exactly what that is. Um, but the snowfall stuff, you're 100% right. Like, we envision doing some different um, ski resort because I just moved back to Tulsa from Denver, Colorado. And so I had some conversations with... Um, some guys that run some of the apps up there that us skiers and snowboarders look at. And so you could do different um, ski resort battles, uh, just kind of, you know, regionalized to the Colorado area. Or you could do um, game day stuff coming up for the uh, upcoming NFL season, even like the stadiums and the cities that are hosting games. Those can be the cities that you pick from, from the battle. So there's, that's the fun thing about it. Uh, Phil, kind of go back to your question. Like there's, 500 different avenues and ways that we could expand and different things that we could do that it's unique. Like it's, it's stuff that's really never been done um, in the weather sphere uh, where we are. So it's, it's kind of exciting to figure out where exactly we can go. And I think uh, connecting it too with sports would, would be a big, a big thing in the future as well. Cause I know how weather affects sports a lot, especially yeah. uh, with football and golf and a lot of things like that, especially football, how cold it's going to be. And, you know, that's going to affect the players rain and wind and, and all of it. Yeah. yeah. Any, any sport essentially that's outside has to deal with the elements. So we could kind of incorporate that and make it a part of the game as yeah. well. Did you guys uh, prior to prior to getting this started, did you do any kind of market research to, to help you determine financial feasibility or was it really just, Hey, I think this, uh, this might be a good, good thing. Yeah. So it, it actually started on an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> That's how the game <laughs> And so we mailed it around to some of our friends in the weather business or whatever, just to, just to get feedback. It's like, is this a feasible thing? Like, is this something you would enjoy playing? Just, you know, it's, it's better that than a bar napkin. Exactly. At, least, at least you were probably in a right frame of mind when you were exactly starting. exactly and so you know we got good feedback from that and it's been through this is now the third or fourth iteration uh generation of it um and so it's uh, the feedback has has really been it's actually surprised me because i came from the sports world and so i didn't know the hardcore weather just i didn't know that world like I didn't realize that there were so many people that were so invested and so I'm trying to be politically correct and not say like weather geeks or anything like that. I don't freaks, know. yeah, we're oh, freaks. That's, okay. that's all right. You can say it. Yeah, Absolutely, we're proud to be a weather geek. Me yeah. too. Yeah, it's amazing to me that like so many people either know so much about the weather or, and which is beneficial for us, think they know. <laughs> Those are the type of people we want to play the game. So if you think you know the weather, come on and download the app. Exactly. I had some news directors that thought they knew weather. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Hey, freaks. I'll tell you what. You've heard me talk about the Atmosphere Weather app recently. Well, the makers of the Atmosphere Weather app, they have designed another weather app that's going to make you wonder while no one else ever thought of this. So just like we're talking about weather battle, the Drive Weather app. Okay, it's called Drive Weather. It's an easy way of looking at the entire forecast for a long road trip or a commute. It allows drivers to easily and quickly know what the forecast calls for along a route 
and lets users change times to see the changing weather and find the safest time to leave. Whether it's precipitation, winds, temp, uh, even radar, it literally takes seconds to see the weather for an entire trip and it couldn't be simpler. So question is, do, do any of you guys, do you have a road trip planned this summer? Kim, Dina, MJ? Mm -hmm. RV yeah. trip, motorcycle, motorcycle. Ride. the coast. Motorcycle, okay, mm -hmm. so there we got. So here's the thing, uh, the Drive Weather app, it's gonna keep you safe with just a few seconds. You can learn more at driveweatherapp.com and that's app with two Ps. Mm -hmm. So hey, we're gonna take a short break. Go ahead and refill your drink. You can check out Tracker Chat with the Tornado Trackers as they talk about the best practices for storm photography. Uh, we will be right back. Welcome to Tracker Chat. My name is Jeremy Heyman, and I'm joined by my chase partners, Gabe Cox and Jeff Mangum. Today, we're going to be talking about storm photography, and I'm going to pitch it over to Gabe. Why don't you kick us off? What What is your um, storm photography hot tip? Um, so I have focused mainly on uh, filming for the past several years because that is what I did as a career. But once I got my GH5, I started really enjoying photography. And I think still images, they can almost uh, sometimes tell a more powerful story than film. And so I think for me, it's been a, a recent transition into photography. And the biggest thing in getting into it that I found was super useful was uh, shooting all of my photos in RAW. Um, I don't even know why I tried to do a compressed format before. Amen. Um, <laughs> I did, yeah, I would save it as a JPEG and I just, the JPEGs just were not that great. So if you shoot something that's overexposed, if you're shooting in a compressed format, it, it's overexposed and that's it. With raw images, you can actually dial it down, uh, dial it back some because it maintains all that information. Um, and then the other big thing is wide angle lenses are fantastic for storm photography because you got to remember you're shooting this massive thing that's taller than Mount Everest. So you want to have something that can capture all of that. Obviously, you're going to want to have variations too where you can zoom into the cloud base. But a wide angle lens is a really important piece of glass that I own. Awesome. Thanks. Great tips there. Jeff, what do you got? Uh, what are your best photography practices? I was just looking through footage last night of Dodge City, Kansas, 2016, I believe, um, the big tornado outbreak. And I have like five pictures and I have an uh, hour and a half of footage on video, but five pictures from my DSLR. Very depressing because I was looking to edit some things in RAW and I was unable to because I have nothing taken. So um, I think the first thing that comes to mind is that you need to make sure you have a sustainable video option going on to free you up to take those photos because the reason you're going to forget to take the photos is typically because you're thinking i need to capture this this tornado it may not be down for more than a minute it may be down for who knows 30 minutes i have no idea but i need to make sure video first and what happens is we put all, all our efforts into video and we forget about these pictures and just as gabe said Pictures tell a story that's sometimes more profound and more intense 
And if you have a camera and you're you're taking these pictures, take a lot. Like there's no need to take like seven or eight and see what the best ones are. Take 200 for crying out loud because you're going to go through all of those and then you're going to find that one picture that seemed to catch everything in detail a little bit more than the others and and you're going to grab a hold of that. You're trying to communicate to others, here's what I saw, here's what I felt, here's what took place. And and so take as many in a good way that you possibly can. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. Great advice. Awesome. Well, uh, mine, uh, my piece of advice, I really like the saying. It's, it's kind of a cliche saying, but the saying that like the best camera to have is, is the one that you have on you at the time. And so all of us are like 99.9% of us have smartphones. Um, and so if that's what you've got, make that work. Uh, there's lots of ways to make that look good. Most smartphones nowadays have some sort of focus and even exposure. Like you can turn up and down the exposure, use that to your advantage, really kind of play with that. Um, very often bringing the exposure down on a smartphone to shoot natural light is a really good idea. It brings out a lot of contrast and detail. Yeah. Try to take the best photos you can uh, with that. But, um, do you guys have any tips for, for shooting on a smartphone? The biggest thing is just adjusting, manually adjusting your exposure. And usually if you are underexposed slightly, that's a hundred times better than being overexposed. Because um, once you're overexposed, everything that's in those whites is information that's gone. And I would say too, and this goes for iPhones and professional DSLRs, if you can add a human element to your pictures, you're mm-hmm. gonna your photos are gonna stand out about above everyone else's because yes. it mm-hmm. it brings in a motive state to your image that people can connect with. Not just storm chasers, storm chasers. If you take a picture of a cloud, they're gonna ogle at your photo no matter what. But if you really want to broaden your audience, you need to start including people or other elements in the foreground that give perspective that tie in a human element of some sort. Because that's really where people will be able to connect with your photos. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for a great conversation today on photography best practices when shooting storms. We've been the Tornado Trackers. This has been Tracker Chat. See you next week. Bye-bye. Helicity.co is the leader in weather-themed clothing and accessories for the Stormfront Freak and you. Besides a creative line of weather-themed t-shirts, footwear, bags, and more, they also carry an exclusive line of Stormfront Freak's podcast gear and drinkware. Get a 5% discount on your entire order when you use the code SFF for Stormfront Freaks at checkout. That code again is SFF. Find it all at Helicity.co. Hey, welcome back. Uh, we're with the brains behind the Weather Battle Fantasy Forecasting Game. Uh, I'm calling them the Johns, but John Moss and, and John Haverfield. Um, we, we talked a little bit about any kind of research marketing on the front end. My question is now that you've released the app, uh, you've got the website, where are you spending most of your time and dollars marketing uh, your game right yeah, now? So- that, that's a great question. So we've really, uh, 
we've had a good footprint. We've had a good reaction to the website before the app came out. And that's really, I think total, we've spent maybe $300 in marketing. Mm. So we've completely bootstrapped it, um, you know, paid for most of it ourselves. We now have a couple investors, but um, sounds now, like our marketing uh, our plan <laughs> as well. Yeah, <laughs> marketing pretty much. Um, but now that the app is in the app store, which all you have to do is search weather battle and you can see it um, on your iPhone, Google play store, it should be there within a week or two. Uh, they've okay. been a little slower, but uh, it will be there eventually. Uh, but now that we have that, we uh, thanks to Mr. Haverfield over here to, to my left. Um, he had a connection from college uh, that runs a marketing firm in L.A. And so we brought them on to kind of push us to the 40 states where the game of skill that we provide is legal. And so that was the biggest chunk of change that we spent leading up to this point was the different legal reviews that we had to get just to prove to everyone that would inquire, including the App Store and Google Play and, you know, potential investors and everything that we were considered a game of skill, that we are legal in 40 to 50 states and, and all of that uh, lawyer jargon uh, that we had to pay for. And so now that all that's behind us, the development is pretty much done. We'll, we'll always, you know, keep updating and refreshing the app. But now the majority of the money is going to be spent on marketing. It's going to be a nationwide push to those 40 states in which we're able and legal to play. Yeah, really marketing is, is key right now. Um, we've actually had over 100,000 entries, uh, game entries, since the beginning wow. last year. Wow. On our that's incredible. Again, like John said, uh, that was with little to no marketing at all. Yeah. Basically just our Twitter and our Facebook kind of getting retweets and people talking and uh, it kind of going a little bit viral, yeah. so to speak. But uh, but now since we've got a, a proven concept, marketing is what it's all about. We're kind of targeting that um, daily fantasy um, realm, people who, who already play daily fantasy sports and are kind of looking for the for the thing to do in, in the off season or like the next big thing. Or to supplement their other right. <laughs> big of an so, addict. So what, what are you doing to target those folks? What, what, what are you using? What methods or media? Yeah. So right now it's, it's mainly through social media. So it's mainly through okay. Facebook and targeted ads, uh, the pay-per-click stuff for Facebook, um, promoted posts and whatnot on Instagram. And then those, those same promoted posts and ads on Twitter right now. Yeah. It'll all be digital marketing yeah. and influencer posts as well on Instagram, Facebook. Sadly, you can't put out an ad in the newspaper and reach as many people these days. Right. Uh, yeah. That's a truth. Yeah. So if you win, like, how do you cash in? So we actually, <laughs> I'll pull the I'm ready to play. He laughs. We keep your money. You don't <laughs> keep, keep it in-house. I knew there was it. a catch. Um, it was too good actually, to be true. We actually had a guy that had been playing since the beginning that uh, made a withdrawal. I think it was yesterday, maybe the day before. And I'm, I probably shouldn't be telling you this, but it was, <laughs> it was an amount of money that my partner and I looked at each other and we were like, holy bleep. Like, are you kidding? Pulling out this money now? Dang it! All right, you um, want some good money, huh? <laughs> no, he won. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was a lot. It was five-figure yeah. money. Like, it, it was. Yeah. It, it was nice. good. Wow! Um, so, I mean, if you, if you play and you play enough, like some of the pots, like we'll put. I mean, the, I'm trying to think of the highest pot I've seen. It might have been a ten thousand dollar. Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm totally we can do a thousand dollar games. Yeah. Uh, here and there, two thousand dollar games. So I mean, you can, you know, for. A relatively low entry fee uh, potential if you if you can pick your cities wisely uh, you can win money so to answer your question the actual technical answer uh, all you have to do is submit a withdrawal request 
and then we'll uh, PayPal is we're in the process of getting PayPal on board to be able to more quickly get you your money back. Yeah. Uh, right now, we just send you a check from the bank. Uh, when wow. you and do you have to claim it? You do. So the first time, if it's above a certain amount, uh, we have you fill out the tax form before we send you the check. So okay. it's, it's, not long, open up. Well, yeah, it's what, like over, it's like 500 or 800 or something, something like that? Like, yeah, something like that. Okay. All yeah. right. So, so here, a couple questions here. First one, so you're talking about states. So there's 40 states. Is there a state like Did if you I say live there's in, 40 I can't states? Play? No, there's 40 states you can play. <laughs> or that oh, are okay, okay. Some like are illegal. Jeez. History game, social studies game. Yeah. So, so what's it? So what are what's the state I can't play can't in? Play. Or how does that so, work? One, for example, would be Nevada because they like their gambling. Um, uh, you know, so it's 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 there are ten states where, and it's something that we keep an eye on constantly because it's a constantly changing and evolving changing. thing with litigation and legislation and all that stuff. Uh, but right now there are 10 that, that don't allow any sort of online, whether it's a game of skill, whether you call it gambling, whether you call it betting, whatever you call it. Um, there are 10 States that kind of say, no, uh, not right now. So hopefully that changes. You don't want to swim with the fishes either. So Nevada is totally <laughs> out. Yeah. So, so, so do I have to claim where I live? And then that tells me whether or not I can play yeah, a game. So is that how it works? Okay. Part of part of the expenses that we paid for earlier on is there's a geolocation and kind of like a geofencing. Oh, so you can't lie about that. Right. So it'll it'll pinpoint where you are, and if you stay, you're somewhere different than where you are. It'll flag it. And, and Georgia's you know. legal, right? Because Kim and I are in Georgia. We're ready to play. Yeah, I'm signed up. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. There's okay. only one state that has legalized online gambling, and I think that's New Jersey, where they can actually bet online where it's not it doesn't have to be a gaming skill i think that's just new i think you're right yeah uh, but again like john said it, it's it's changing a lot and it's going in, in the way that of uh, there's more and more states and i think it's couple of years it's going to be you know a different landscape you, you say it doesn't have to be a game of skill and all all i can think of is vegas vacation where it's like guess the number <laughs> they play war yeah. I got another idea. I got another where'd you guys go to school? Both went to University of Oklahoma. Okay. So Nebraska will kick your heinies. Oh. So here's my here's my thought. Game of the you can have like a big ten, a big twelve, <gasps> the oh. SEC. This time they probably oh. won't win, right? Because the SEC and it's a bowl game at the end. That's oh. how you get everybody on campus. Oh, I like it. with the national Ooh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Like Small royalty. Well, on, <laughs> so tell you what, on that note, what, what are some of the ideas you have uh, as far as game options that, that you're thinking of maybe adding down the road? Yeah, so. Or weather first, patterns or something. Sure, yeah. Um, the first one that I really wanted to see added, and I had been on since the beginning, is the one that just came on a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, which was the rapid battles. Cause I, I'm more of a, and maybe it's my personality. I'm not sure, but if I gambled today, so like before these rapid battles came out, if I played the game today, the game day would be tomorrow, but I wouldn't see if I won until the following day. Mm. And that for me in this now, now, now society is like, hold on, we got to figure out some way. I thought originally I was like, why don't we do like rush hour battle? Like it can be morning and night, whatever it is. Um, but so that's where the idea for the rapid battles was born. So now that that's there, um, 
we're kind of, we kind of missed the uh, the ski season, like the the ski resort battles, those specific battles. But I think the next one that we're going to get on to try to do is to tie in with the beginning of the football season, preseason um, in August and do those stadiums. I, I don't really know what we're going to call it or exactly how we're going to do it, but the stadiums and the cities that are hosting games, uh, those will be the cities that you pick from. You'll probably only be able to pick five because at the most there's, what, 16 home games. Um so that it'll probably be pick five. Um, that's the that's the probably the the next one that that mm -hmm. we'll flush out. But I mean, there really is. There's 500 different ways you can go with things. Um, the thing I'm excited the most about, like we talked about it a little bit, is eventually like I want this to become something where instead of opening your weather app from Apple or you know whatever it is, Weather Underground or, or whatever app you use, Weatherbug, uh, to get your weather, you open up Weather Battle. You see the forecast, you know, it has a regionalized video forecast, just like you would get from your local news, depending on which part of the country, because we already have the geolocation going. So whatever part of the country you're in where you open the app, that's the forecast you get for that day, a meteorologist on your screen telling you temperatures and everything. But I kind of see it being like you see the high temperature, you see the low temperature and you see the point value for that city. And then you can log on, you know, yeah. can click the next button and just go ahead and play the game and try to win yourself some money. That's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like the, the idea of uh, kind of live um, data mm -hmm. coming in. And so, you know, with sports, you bet on a sports team, you, you can watch the game and kind of get into it. And with weather, it would be cool to have some type of uh, a graphical map that would show the temperatures rising or changing or the, the wind, the live winds or the, mm -hmm. the radar with the rain coming down, the live precip totals, uh, something like that. So people can, can really interact with that and kind of mm -hmm. hit on what John said as well. Um, you know, envisioning a lot of people who don't really know much at all about weather who mm -hmm. want to play the game. So we want to provide a little bit of uh, education for, for weather and kind of uh, say, like, you know, these would be some of the best cities to pick for the day. So because we've got a cold front coming through, so these cities are usually warm, they're going to be colder. So you might want to pick these and just kind of give like a weather analyst. Uh, point yeah, well, John, John that, that's which was something I was going to ask you. Um, John Haverfield. So get, give us a preview of what the John Haverfield weather battle tips yeah. exclusive on the Stormfront Freaks podcast is going to sound like. That's not a green screen behind us, though. We're so, so yeah, so do that. So just give, give us a couple, John, give us a couple expert tips for playing weather battle. Um, and that'll be our preview for your segment on our show. Yeah, so... You want to you want to play? You want to win money? Uh, we've got a big cold front coming through the plains right now, so you want to pick these cities here in the northern plains because <laughs> usually they're warm, but today they're going to be pretty cold. So those may be your sleeper cities. Talking about wind as well, you've got uh, high pressure coming in from the west, and that's going to switch those winds around. You're going to see some strong winds behind the cold front. So you're going to want to pick these cities as well. What? What? It, which is that's good. That's good. I'm <laughs> awesome. I'm looking for some general. He's like general tips. So give me an idea. So here, here's 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 how I won three and a half bucks playing free weather battle. <laughs> is is and and how you win that is you just you finish in the middle of the pack. Yeah. yeah. Um, because <laughs> I, I wasn't the worst and I wasn't the best, but I spent about fifteen minutes on the H triple R model, 
Uh, it's, it's pretty much all I did and then did some quick uh, geography research. Uh, nice. So that that's my sort of tip. But g give us something better than that, John, because that's well, that's not an expert tip. So remember remember when I said the Excel spreadsheet was the yeah. – I won that first game. Sports guy over here. Okay. Won really? Iteration nice. of Weather Battle. So yeah. I'll give you a tip. What I did and, and the way that, that I won at Weather Battle was to strategically pick – so basically I broke it into tiers, right? So I strategically picked one of the top two or three cities that had the highest point value. And then it's just a mathematical equation after that. However, many of the middle tier I could pick that fit into that. And then I just back ended it with, and I got lucky with um, cities that were supposed to be really cold in a heat battle. And like I Fargo lucky. Yeah. Fargo. Fargo. I love you. Fargo. Um, more meteorological. I don't, yeah, I mean, Take it over. basically, yeah. you just have to know the, the synoptics of, of what's going on, and you're going to get kind of those big swings, obviously, when, when there's a lot of changes going on, big cold fronts, uh, big-time rainstorms, so where you're going to get those cities. And I, I think the game that has the most change in variables would be the, the precip game, uh, because you can go from, you know, just a few miles and see uh, zero and three inches of rain sometimes with those springtime thunderstorms. So I think especially with, with the rain battles, you got to really try to use like H triple R would be great for that and kind of see where those storms would be and maybe future precip as well. So uh, you don't need to dive too into the meteorological aspect because again, we, we want to keep this pretty, pretty open to a, a big population and, you know, the, the general public and, you know, we, we kind of want to yeah. give our best analysis, uh, if you will, for the weather of the day and maybe provide that in a, in a little video, a little 30 second yeah. video people could watch and say, hey, you know, John told me to do this. So maybe I'll pick these cities and maybe, <laughs> maybe now. it's like most of the people that win those pools that you enter for the NCAA tournament. Uh, they're the people that have never watched basketball and they pick their favorite mascot or they pick their favorite color. So <laughs> it's very true. Pick, you could pick five or 10 cities that you've been to on vacation. Yeah. That, Phil, that's how Phil? I finished middle of the pack. That's, uh, that's how you do it. That's how you win three and a half bucks on free weather battle. Exactly. Phil, that Bachelor of Arts degree is going to pay off for you, I'm telling you. Eventually. <laughs> Eventually. Hey, uh, folks, that's the sound. It is now time for our lightning round. This is our game show of flashy questions for our guests. Oh, we invite you to play along with us as well. Uh, tonight... You you guys have heard of uh, heard of the old game show Name That Tune. Have you heard of that Name That Tune? Oh yeah. We're we're gonna play a show a variation of that. It's called Name That Movie. Ooh. Okay. So name that movie. So a couple things I found out. So you already know John Moss has got a sports background. And and found out that John Haverfield, you're you have a pilot's license, correct? Yeah. We have another go. pilot, Nina. Yeah. Good. Nice. nice. Yeah. yeah. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna play Name That Tune. Um, and John Moss, you are going to pick, you're going to have sports movies. Okay. And John Haverfield, you're going to have movies about flight or airplanes. Okay. Okay. And, and, and here's what we're doing. I've got four clues. Each movie's got four clues. The first clue okay. is the year it was released. Second clue is the main actor in the movie. Third clue is the general premise of the movie. And the fourth clue is the movie tagline. Okay. Like on the movie poster. Okay. So I'm I'm gonna start so so here's what we'll do. So I'm gonna start with uh, we're gonna start with John Moss. Okay. And what you have to do is you have to tell me I can name that movie in two clues, three clues, four clues, whatever it is. I'll give you those clues. 
You have a chance to, to call it, and if you do, here's what's going to happen. The winner between the two of you is going to be the one with the fewest points. Okay. Because you were able to name it with the fewest clues, right? Right, right, right. If you can't name it with the clues that I've given you, your competitor has a chance to steal it Ooh. and get those points taken off their okay. point total. Okay. Yeah. And and uh, and you you have there's four you each get four movies, and you each have one lifeline. So if you want, you can pull the freaks. You can pull the co-hosts, <laughs> and and try and get their feedback uh, to help you do that. So you've got one lifeline each. That's Phil, all. should that's, should the freaks hand, right? should yeah. we be betting a like who's going to win, who's not going <laughs> to win? <laughs> right. We're putting our our viewers and listeners are putting money on it as we speak. So so I'll, we'll kind of walk through this a little bit. But uh, John Moss, I'm going to start with you. Okay, um, the first movie about sports. Remember, there's there's four clues, and as the clues go on, they get a little bit more descriptive. Yeah. Uh, so so give me a number. You can name that movie and how many clues you think. Oh, without even knowing anything? Yeah, uh, I'm not giving you anything. You just got to wow. give me... Uh, two. I'll go with two. Two. All right. So the first movie about sports, this was released in 2011, and the main actor was Brad Pitt. Mm. Oh. I know this one. You do? Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt wow. released in 2011 sports movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I'm going to use my lifeline now. Oh, okay. You're going to use it now. So yeah. we'll use the lifeline. So we're going to the freaks. I'm giving you uh, a sports right. movie released in 2011 starring Brad Pitt. <laughs> Where's my cricket sound effect? I know. Oh. I know he was a better or what? Not a better. He was a coach. I don't know. He wasn't, oh, wait, he wasn't a player. I, that can I come back in now yeah yeah you can still use money ball right it was money ball that is yeah. correct yeah. It was yeah. 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 all right that's all right so you're out of your lifeline uh the other the other clues was baseball's conventional wisdom is all wrong yep. and the tagline is what are you really worth okay not benjamin right. button huh that's <laughs> <laughs> not sports okay here we go john haverfield uh these are movies about flight so okay. take your guess. You have up to four clues. Uh, I'll do two as well. He's going to do two. All right. This movie was released in 2006, and it starred Samuel L. Jackson. Oh. Yeah, thanks on playing. That would yeah. be correct. Yeah. <laughs> wait, snakes, wait, what was it? Samuel snakes L. on Jackson. a plane. Oh, oh, snakes. All right. So uh, the premise, attempt to kill a trial witness on a passenger plane, and the tagline was sit back, relax, and enjoy the fright. Neither of us have seen it, but we both knew. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John Moss, going back to you, sports movie. Uh, how, how many clues do you think you got this in? I'll stick with two. I'll stick with two. Stick with two. Yeah. All right, this sports movie was released in 2004, and it starred Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Oh, man. Ooh. Oh, I know this. Is there a time clock in my head that's going right now? Uh, no, it's in it's in my head. It's, it's in, in your head. head. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh man, Kirk Russell. Kurt Russell, two thousand four sports oh. movie. I don't think I'm going to get it. You're not going to get it. All right, so I'm turning it over to John Haverfield's got a chance to steal. Maybe. Yeah, miracle. That is correct. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that uh, that was awesome. miracle. <laughs> good one. Good one. Uh, 
So you're taking four on that. So uh, the premise was Olympic hockey team. Tagline, if you believe in yourself, anything can happen. Oh, All right, back to John Haverfield. Uh, Movies about flight. How many many clues? Uh, We'll stick with two. No, go for one. Come on. Sticking with two. (laughs) This this, uh, movie about flight was released in 1986. Actor Tom Cruise. Oh, come on. Seriously. That one. What was that? Top Gun. That was Top Gun. That is correct. I can it sounded like Top Dog. Yeah. Uh, U.S. Navy Elite Fighter School tagline up there with the best of the best. Oh, it's These coming out too. I didn't yeah. know a lot of the taglines. That's interesting. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was the need for speed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, could have been. I have a need. A need for speed. That's good. Or, or could have been. What's anybody else? This is a bonus question. Another sports movie with Tom Cruise. Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I get credit right. for that. that you get no credit. All right, here we go. John Moss. John Moss, sports movie. Yeah. Go ahead. How many clues? Oh, I'm going to go three this time because I'm not yeah. confident anymore. Okay, okay, here we go. This, this sports movie was released in 2004. Okay. The uh, actor was Vince Vaughn. And the general premise was competing gyms face off with a big cash oh, prize. Yeah. That's a good one. You know this. I do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what was it called though? So 2004 sports movie with Vince Vaughn competing gyms face off with a big cash prize. Old school. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> what was the one where he was the gymnast? Uh, uh turn it over to John Haverfield. Was, what, what's your guess? Yeah, it was a part in old school. Uh, dodgeball. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. It was That's dodgeball. Nice. Ever heard like average Joe's gym? Correct. Uh, you know what? I never saw the movie on ESPN eight. The Ocho. Yeah, the Ocho. <laughs> never that F Chuck Norris. <laughs> okay, here, uh, here we go. John Haverfield movies about flight. Name that and how many guesses? How many clues? We'll stick with two. Sticking with two, 1997 movie starring Harrison Ford. Oh, I know that one, I think. 1997? 1997 movie starring Harrison Ford. I'll give you a quote from the movie. Mm -hmm. Get off my plane. You still have your lifelines. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, oh. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I'm trying to help out my friend. <laughs> <laughs> <Where's> my <help? laughs> uh, Air Force One. Yeah. He's throwing the game. He's throwing the game for it. Yeah, by the way. All right. Uh, you're fighting a losing battle here, John Moss. I know. Uh, your last one, last movie. Uh, how many? How many clues? How far am I behind right now? <laughs> Uh, four, eight, nine, ten. You're like six hundred and two, eight or nine. <laughs> like eight. I don't think you can win. <laughs> yes. Zero clues and just guess a movie. Uh, no, I'll, I'll stick with two. I'll stick Sticking with two. Okay. Uh, two thousand four sports movie starring Clint Eastwood. Million dollars, oh. maybe. Very oh, impressive. Yeah. Oh, nice job. Uh, boxing trainer reluctant to train a new fighter. And this was the tagline. They didn't have a tagline. The tagline was four Academy Awards, including Best Picture. Oh, wow. <laughs> so there you go. You don't All right. Tagline. They don't. All right. Here we go. John Haverfield, your last one. Uh, this is for the win. How many clues? Wow. Name that movie and how many clues? I can't do one because it's going to be just the year. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do two. 
<laughs> you pick two. All right. So this yeah. is a 2016 movie Ooh. starring Tom Hanks. Oh, oh, that's oh. Sully. Sully. Yeah. Very good. That was Sully. Congratulations. Uh, oh, good. Well done. Very good. So John Haverfield's our winner of Name That Movie. Way to go, Clover. <laughs> All right, so let's do this uh, before we take a break. Um, guys, tell us how people can find Weather Battle, download it, all that good stuff. Yeah, sure. So if you search Weather Battle, it's that easy, Weather Space Battle, uh, in the if you have an iPhone, uh, in the iTunes or the App Store, uh, it will come up, download it, uh, sign up and play. WX Battle is our handle on all social media, so Twitter, Facebook, Instagram as well. That's right. Very good. All right, so hey, we're going to go ahead and take our final break uh, with our tornado talk segment and the story of the Bridge Creek. <laughs> Bridge Creek. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have another beer. Uh, it's the story of the Bridge Creek Moore tornado of 1999. Uh, but we're going to go ahead. We'll be right back. We got Weather Fools and, of course, Weather Trollbot coming right up. So stay tuned. May 3rd, 1999. Per the Storm Prediction Center database, 71 tornadoes occurred on this day. 58 of these were in the state of Oklahoma. The most violent was the ninth of 14 tornadoes produced by a supercell thunderstorm during the outbreak. That supercell produced those tornadoes over a three and a half hour period. The Bridge Creek Moore F5 tornado traveled 38 miles through parts of Grady, McLean, Cleveland, and Oklahoma counties. It developed at 5.26 p.m. Central Standard Time, about two miles south-southwest of the Amber area, and grew quickly as it pushed to the northeast paralleling Interstate 44. It moved across Bridge Creek and rural areas of northwest Newcastle, causing continuous F4 and sporadic F5 damage. In this area, the tornado was estimated to be a mile wide. It weakened slightly, causing F2 and F3 damage as it moved into far southern Oklahoma City, southwest of 149th and May Avenue. It then grew again to a three-quarters of a mile in width across the southern parts of Oklahoma City and into Moore, just west and north of 12th and Santa Fe. It was producing F4 and occasional F5 damage. The tornado maintained this intensity as it continued its northeast trek into northeast Moore. It did weaken slightly and made a slow turn to the left. This turn took it more to the north and northeast across I-240 between Bryant Avenue and Sunny Lane Road. It moved through southeastern Oklahoma City and into Dell City with an F4 rating. It continued to the north and northeast, striking the northwestern parts of Tinker Air Force Base. The tornado turned just a little bit more, now moving almost due north. It pushed across Interstate 40 east of Sooner Road. It weakened tremendously near Reno Avenue and dissipated at 6.48 p.m., three blocks north of Reno. A total of 1,800 homes were destroyed and 2,500 were damaged. There were 36 fatalities and over 580 injuries. This event brought to light once again the dangers of taking shelter under a highway overpass. There were seven locations on May 3, 1999, where tornadoes crossed interstate highways in central Oklahoma. At three of those seven locations, a highway overpass was directly in the path of the tornado when it crossed the highway. At all three of those locations, there was a fatality. A talk about this topic was presented at the 24th Annual Meeting of the National Weather Association in October of 1999. Evidence was presented on why highway overpasses are not acceptable storm shelter areas and to propose ways to communicate this to the public. The first tornado emergency was issued by the National Weather Service in Norman during this event. Per their overview, quote, with a large, violent tornado on the ground heading into the most populous center in the state of Oklahoma, 
The forecast office staff wanted to convey the message that would grab people's attention and let them know that this event was something different than normal. You can read more about this event on our website at TornadoTalk.com. We have a summary with images, radar, newspaper clips, and more. We are all over social media. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. This is Kevin Roth, Chief Meteorologist with Rotogrinders.com, and you're listening to Stormfront Freaks Podcast, the best podcast in the biz. Let's take a drive under the Let's take a drive under the somber sky. Let's take a drive under the All right, welcome back. Time now for Weather Fools. It's really starting to gain a gathering or a following, I guess. We got lots of people that love this. This is where people are doing some just pretty much dumb stuff in the weather. Like, what are you thinking, buddy? Okay, so to kick us off for tonight, MJ, you've got something I understand, yes? Well, well, I do. Parker Owens, uh, he's he's one of our faithful uh, viewers and listeners, uh, sent this one in to us, and I think it fits for sure. Um, the headline is, City Disables Tornado Alarm After Residents Say It's Noisy. Oh, no. That's, that's right. Alabama officials in Colbert County turned off a five-alarm tornado siren after residents complained about the noise it made. A resident reached out to WHNT after a tornado touched down in the area asking why the siren wasn't triggered. Oh. Yes, oh and WHNT contacted Colbert County EMA Director Mike Melton, who said the siren was turned off four years ago. He cited, complaint, wow. he cited complaints from six residents as the reason. Yeah. Oh, my God. So there, so there you go. There are the weather fools. Six residents ruined it for everybody. Isn't that terrible? Yes. So. Unbelievable. Four years. Yeah, exactly. That's incredible. Man, did they get lucky. <sighs> Yeah. Oh my goodness. Sure. All right. Good one. That's a true definition of a weather pool right there. So sure. yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, John, John Moss, you have one, one of our guests tonight. All right. I do. And this one is a little more lighthearted uh, than that one. That one's crazy. Um, so this one, you know, in the morning when you're doing morning news, sometimes you have to do weather. Sometimes you have to do traffic. You have to do a lot of things. Um, and the way it works with the morning schedule, apparently sometimes you do that just after eating or drinking something oh. um, you don't really need to see the video you just need to hear the audio because you can't see the guy on the camera so this is this is what happened all right i'll go ahead and play that on fox 23 chase thompson from krmg has a look at i-44 across town i'm still seeing some brake lights in katusa as you merge at the casino i wait disappeared after yeah. it. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like a bathroom one where he forgot to turn his IFP oh, off. Oh, right. yeah. So yeah. that oh, has a very awesome. beautiful Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the bathroom ones that's happening everywhere. Happen live country. on the Weather Channel. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And it's worse when it's a guest because the guest has no clue. They don't have an IFB in or anything like that. And the anchors are out there going because <laughs> 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 they know they're like, Oh, I feel so sorry for Bob. You know. He ate the sausage. That's right. Oh, anyway. <laughs> it's brutal. <laughs> you can see it in the anchors' faces like 
no, you know, <laughs> audio guy, kill the mic. Anyway, okay. Good job, John. I like that. Yeah, that was a good one. All right, yeah. Phil, so you're on a roll. Keep on going. You got one too, right? Uh, okay, yes, I, I do. I'm going to, uh, this, this was from, uh, I saw it on Twitter, but it was shared from Reddit. And this was a, a tornado that passed outside a dorm at Louisiana Tech. And uh, we'll, we'll share the link to this. But what's interesting is the fact that um, if, if you could hear it, all they're doing is talking about, bro, they're like, I mean, they're total college bros. Bro, there's a tornado. It's right outside. They're in the dorm, but they're filming right outside the door. And this tornado, you can see the wind. It's at night, so it's hard, but you can see the wind. Oh blowing by and they're like oh bro it's getting close bro back up bro and they're not taking any shelter they're standing right by the glass doors glass as tornadoes door. oh my god it opened the door yeah uh oh so god. yeah oh no so it's it's the bro tornado on uh the campus of louisiana tech the bros the bros they are my uh weather fools so here's a meteorological question how many projectiles come from one glass door Ooh. <laughs> Quite a few. I'm guessing hundreds, right? Hundreds yeah. anyway. Okay. All right, Dina, you gotta save us on this one. I hear you've got a funny one. This is the funniest weather fool ever. So I'm gonna <laughs> it is so funny that uh Jimmy Kimmel picked up on it, and that's where I saw it. And mainly what happens is he's talking about um like a, a meteorologist in Mississippi and what happened was it's a down home kind of place, I guess, but they go they're they're doing tornado coverage and the chief meteorologist is starting his uh, radar tour and he's like, um, okay, find a safe place. This is where this tornado is. And by the way, like my cat died and, um, <laughs> you know, so I know this place really well. And then he starts yelling at a guy named John. You can see him pointing. Him pointing. Like, John, John, get off the phone. Do I need to look at this right now? John. And then he goes back. It is the funniest thing ever. You really need sound. You've got to watch it. Oh, I'm going to so watch it. Then that. he comes back and, um, like, he starts clapping at the guy. He's like, John, <laughs> pay attention. Does he know he's on air? Is John on yeah, air or something? And then he goes, he's yelling at him, like, get off the phone. It's it's the fun. So now okay. it's a big joke about, um, like, it's a big joke at work that we're doing this because we start clapping at each other now. Oh, no. Like, you know, when my OCM, like, Dominica's on or something, I'm like, yeah. Dominica, let's go. <laughs> and he goes, you know what happened, John? Our radar date went down, and he missed it. And he's oh. yelling at the guy. It's the funniest thing oh, ever. I like, I, I wish you, you got to click on it and watch it. But now, like, everything in our studio is like, hey, hey. <laughs> Are John and this guy still working? I guess so. Um, but it wow. was the He's like, you know, and I know where this place is. My cat died here so we were driving around you know and so i know where it is and and he's like do you know john we missed the radar you know it's so funny Call him out. Why, why is he driving around with a dead cat i don't get that i mean jimmy kimmel made fun of it too but it was hilarious mm -hmm. oh my gosh well that was pretty good i look forward to seeing that on because we're going to get the audio on our Web page, right? Yes. yes. 
Yes. On the, well, the show notes. We'll have the link so people okay. can go right to it and watch it. Yep. All right. So you can go to uh, stormfrontfreaks.com, episode 78, show notes, or on your podcast app. You can check all that out. Phil? <clears throat> That's right. All right. Some good hashtag weather fools tonight. Uh, we, have, uh, we have the luxury. Uh, we pulled our weather trollbot 5000 back out of the garage uh, because we had some uh, trolls to, to check out tonight. Uh, so I just wanted to remind everybody, uh, if you have kids, it's time for the earmuffs because uh, we never know what weather trollbot is going to kick out, uh, what she might say. But I'm going to start, Kim, you and I both found this uh, weather Gem. Uh, meteorologist, yeah, that, that uh, had a troll and she made a comment on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you remember a little bit about it? I do. Um, actually, it was um, it was really sad. I mean, you see that a lot, especially females. They seem to really get, you know, a lot of weird people posting stuff. Um, uh, Amanda Curran, she's a meteorologist, I believe, in Montgomery. Yep. She um, tweeted that um, someone tweeted to her and told her that she was fat. They actually posted a picture of her and a close up of her face. And another person messaged her and said, um, that his her zits were disgusting. Oh, okay, so man. fat and zits, Jeez. and so she tweets this out, and you know says, "Gosh, can you believe somebody did this?" And she said, "Well, the jokes on y'all because while I might be chunky and covered with acne, at least I'm a nice person." Yeah. And she got like seven thousand likes, eight hundred eighty four comments, and you know just just terrible so i want to know what what she's really thinking what she was really thinking and and so so we're gonna find (laughs) that out so so with our weather troll bot 5000 and again we found her at a garage sale and we might find out why why she was on sale but i'm i'm gonna enter this uh information in uh to our troll bot and then we got to have her process it and then uh weather troll bot's gonna kick out here this is the plan anyways to find out what Amanda was really thinking. Here's what Amanda Curran was really thinking. Thank you for noticing and more importantly, taking the time to zoom in on my face. It even took greater effort to post a tweet with your in-depth research. Oh, that is right. You have no life so you have the time to on people in this world as opposed to doing something more productive. I hope you realize the world is not counting on you for one damn thing. We will make it a better world without you. And by the way, Send me a picture of yourself. My friends and I want to have some fun. Okay. <laughs> I knew it. It didn't, you know, it didn't come out that harsh when she yeah. when she put it on Twitter. But uh but that that certainly yeah. That's good. <laughs> well, good for you, Amanda. I'm I'm proud yes. that what, you know of what you were really thinking cuz that's <laughs> worthwhile. All right, so here's another one. So Ella Dorsey, uh she's a meteorologist in at uh, CBS 46 in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ella had this on Twitter as well. And this was recently when, and, and Kim and Dina, you guys know this, when you had some tornadoes moving in on the last day of the Masters golf tournament. Yeah. Remember that? Yep. And, uh, and so this, uh, this was in a reply. Ella said, to everyone sending me death threats right now, you wouldn't be saying a damn thing if a tornado was ravaging your home this afternoon. Lives are more important than five minutes of golf. I will continue to repeat that if and when we cut into programming to keep people safe. Wow. Yeah, good for so her. She, yeah, yeah, so she's getting death threats that. over this. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Stupid. People are nuts. 
Um, and, and I don't know how you guys would react if you were getting death threats, but, but this at least is what Ella typed. But I'm going to enter this into uh, Weather you Trollbot. You see how fast he typed. That's yep, crazy. real quick. Dina, were you typing with one finger? <laughs> and uh, so we got to kick this out here and find out uh, via Weather Trollbot what, what Ella was really thinking. Here's what Ella Dorsey was really thinking. Oh, my God. I didn't realize I was interrupting your precious golf. I just thought it was a sporting event and I decided to put people's lives first. Listen, morons. You can take your pathetic death threats and shove them up your collective asses. I will do what is necessary to warn people. Next death threat you send me. Tell me the next sporting event you are looking forward to watching so I can find a storm somewhere in the world to interrupt your <laughs> so john moss she doesn't uh she's not real uh she doesn't think sports are that important i guess uh no no offense i'm sure i love sports but people's lives are a little more important than Tiger Woods. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. all right and okay so the last one is is uh kind of a regular with weather trollbot so i think i think the weather trollbot's really figuring her out but it's ginger z yeah. uh, chief meteorologist at abc news too much uh, so this now. is from twitter this is from at stanley singleton so at stanley singleton this stanley is uh, stingle okay so this is on you so uh, he said ginger z is so much hotter and credible when she doesn't dress like the weather bimbos that are raining down everywhere oh, oh my god wow let me uh, get my gippy brilliant yes this is good okay so here was ginger's response now we probably know this wasn't what she was thinking, but Ginger said, sorry you feel that way. I have a turtleneck and a skirt on. Strange to see that as a bimbo. Fascinated to know what you think I need to wear to make my education, which is a Bachelor of Science in Meteorology, count. And most females on television are degreed meteorologists. Plus, she's like the nicest person. I know. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, let's 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 see what she was really thinking about Stanley. Um, let me type this into the weather troll box. Now, now I'm concerned. You should always be concerned <laughs> when it has to do with the weather troll bot, because you never know what she's going to kick out. All right, let's see what Ginger was thinking. Here is what Ginger Z was really thinking. First, I'm beautiful no matter what I wear. I am curious what brothel you visit where your quote bimbos wear turtlenecks and skirts, because that is what I am wearing. And do you realize the way you speak and type sells you out as having a fifth grade education? Knowing that helps me understand why you will never comprehend that most weather bimbos have college degrees in science and meteorology. Keep dreaming and piss off. <laughs> wow. So there. Ginger. Uh, Ginger. Wow. Ginger, she's snappy. I, mean, I she's, had no idea. She's, uh, she is snappy. All right. So uh, that was our, our weather troll bot. You can see why she's on sale. Uh, if you're interested in purchasing her, uh, <laughs> best offer. <laughs> we'll take the best offer. Yeah. Uh, but moving on, let's uh, let's hit our freak fan box. MJ, we got to come up with a, a, a punchy uh jingle to our freak fan box but uh what yeah do we, we have? probably do well we got it we, it, it was uh, it was it was full to, uh, this time wow. so uh, yeah we got quite a few ron v uh was checking in on twitter uh and watching our uh, jessica labelle uh episode said great interview enjoyed it even the movie quiz so oh. we had another movie quiz so hopefully we got, he enjoyed right. that one too i hope so too 
Yeah, Liam Liam Healy uh, again on Twitter. It seems I've reached the point in my life when I listen to podcasts instead of the radio while driving. Shout out to the Stormfront Freaks for getting me in the mood during my four and a half hour drive um, back to school to do my meteorology homework. Oh, my nice. meso meteorology homework. Nice. Yeah. Four and a half hours. Again? What was his name? Liam. Liam. Oh, Rock on, Liam. Awesome. Okay. Yes, four and a half good. hours. That's like three good podcasts. Good luck on finals. <laughs> well, yes, and I was just going to say good luck on your finals as well. Yeah, uh, Ron Childers says, at Stormfront Freak is one of my favorite uh, weather podcasts. Always great info and lots of laughs, too. He was watching the Jim Cantori episode uh, and oh, gave gosh. a shout out to that and told everybody that, that they need to watch that one. So. Yeah. Thanks, Ron. Nice. Thank awesome. you much. And... Told you it was a full box this wow. time. Wow. Uh, there's a couple more. Squiddy7863. Love it. Checked in <laughs> on uh, iTunes and gave us a, a, a review. Says, I love the laid back nature of this podcast and the interactions between the hosts. Uh, thank, thank you, Squiddy. Nice. Uh, interesting guests and topics keep me listening. I appreciate that you guys do some audio editing so that the volume is fairly consistent among all of you and your guest streams. Thank I you. Like oh, nice. Good. Yeah, That's awesome. Great job, guys. Mm -hmm. yeah, you should see going. us during our shot a minute week when we're doing <laughs> that. Right. Yes. Really laid back then. <laughs> and finally, Mr. Uh, Turbulent yeah. Skies checked in on uh, Twitter and they were referencing our episode 52 Women in Chasing uh, episode with guest Beth Allen from Canada and says best part of listening to uh, Beth on the Stormfront Freaks podcast yesterday was her, yeah, we don't have any of that fancy radar. We pretty much just <laughs> yeah. have to look at LRR in the sky. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was good. Yeah. Yep. So thanks, everyone, for thanks. checking in. Obviously, you can reach the Freaks fan box on Twitter at Stormfront Freak or Facebook at facebook.com slash Stormfront Freaks or email us at questions.stormfrontfreaks.com. And... We are now on iHeartRadio, so you can find the podcast Yay. there. Very uh, fancy. And whenever you are finding our podcast or wherever it is, be sure to give us a review like Squiddy7863 <laughs> did. Beautiful. What, what was the name of the other? Uh, Turbulent Skies? Turbulent, Turbulent Skies. That's a cool name. That right? is. Yeah, Turbulent mm -hmm. Skies. Very cool. It's like a wrestling name. Yes. And in this corner, weighing in at 200 pounds, Turbulent Sky. <laughs> that could be your weather battle name. Right? There you oh, go. Yeah. Oh, I better God. get that one quick. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, that just about does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Thanks for listening or watching. Before I reveal our next guest, if you enjoy the show, do us a favor, as MJ said, leave us a great review on your podcast app. And don't forget to subscribe to the show by hitting your podcast app subscribe button. Works just like a magazine or a newspaper subscription. It's free, uh, just like some of the weather battles. And it assures that the latest show gets delivered right to your podcast inbox the moment that we release it. Hey, special thanks tonight to our guests from Weather Battle, uh, John Moss and John Haverfield. Gentlemen, Yay! thank you very much. John boys. Uh, we had a great time and, and uh, fun chatting with you guys. Our next episode in two weeks, we're going to be recording on May 16th. This is, again, part of our Coast to Coast with your favorite TV meteorologist series. Uh, we're going to have Josh Eaches from Baton Rouge is going to be with us. Uh, if you'd like to watch the recording live at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, check out our YouTube channel by searching Stormfront Freaks. Uh, unless we got anything else uh, for MJ, Maz, uh, Kim, Dina, and the Johns, I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear. 
We'll catch you guys next time. Bye, everybody. See ya. See y'all. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi-weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Watch our shows on YouTube and Oklahoma Weather Tracker TV. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out our live interactive Storm Chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search for Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.